Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Such a, a blessing and a privilege to be together in God's house. Who is ready uh, for a word from the Lord today? Ready for God's word? It's my privilege to be able to share that with you today. And uh, if you've been around at all this year, you know that 2021, we've had a year-long theme. Anybody know what the year-long theme is? Multiply. What does Acts chapter 6 verse 7 say? Can anybody say it without it getting on the screen? Let's see. Well, through all that mumbo-jumbo, they actually said it, all right? That is right. How about we get it on the screen and say it together. Ready? Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 6-7, our aim all year long, our goal has been to what? Multiply Wait, how is it that the culture of Jesus gets multiplied? Through the words of Jesus, when the words of Jesus spread, when we learn his word and spread his word, his culture, his values, his kingdom gets multiplied in the earth because the number of disciples multiplies greatly. And we believe that is our destiny. Come on, does anybody believe that's your destiny? And the way we've been doing that this year in 2021 is uh, we made a commitment this year together on Sunday mornings. We're going to read word for word through the gospel of Mark, focusing on the words of Jesus. Because what happens when the words of Jesus spread? Multiplication, right? Disciples multiply. And so I want to encourage you, all right, to come back next Sunday, right? Next Sunday. Don't, don't just come on a, a fun, happy, you know, birthday Sunday. Come back next Sunday. Because next Sunday, we get to Mark chapter 13. Does anybody know what Mark chapter 13 talks about? Jesus' return, right? Jesus is coming back. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Next Sunday, we're going to learn about the second coming of Jesus, and we're going to learn how important it is to be ready and how to be ready for him to come back. And we're going to have a couple of special things happen here at the service next Sunday, too. So you don't want to miss next Sunday, and you definitely don't want to come to church alone next, next Sunday. I want to really encourage you, come and bring somebody with you next Sunday to church as we learn about the second coming. Because today, we're going to actually take a short break from Mark. We've been, been preaching about uh, from the book of Mark almost every Sunday this year. Today, we're going to take a short break. And I want to just give you guys, I want to give us as a family uh, a, a special word that I felt the Lord Jesus speak to me for today, for us as a family as we're celebrating Seven years. The title of today's message, which, by the way, as usual, if you'd like to follow along the outline of the word today, you can through your Bible app, okay? Just find Encounter Church on there, or there's a printed version of the outline there uh, in the back. The title of today's message is The Crowd and the Tree. Tap somebody and say, There's a crowd and there's a tree. Today we're going to talk about that. And so, first of all, I want us to take a look um, at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, as I read, I want us to do this, okay? 
the, the, the verse is going to be there on the screen, okay? So I'm going to be reading through it, but when I pause, I want you to say the next word loud, all right? Are we ready to read this together? This is 2 Corinthians uh, verses five, uh, chapter 5, verses 13 through 21. If it seems we're crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit, right? If it, if it seems we're crazy, that's for God. But we'll try to behave for, for your sake, right? He says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we know him now, right? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. It actually says a new creation, something totally new that never existed before. That's what Christians are, right? When you're born again, you are something that the world had never seen before. A new person, a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Now here we get to the good nitty-gritty, right? And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. To whom has this task been given? To us, it says. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Have you ever pleaded with anyone? Have you ever told somebody, come back? Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned. It says he never knew sin, right? To be the offering for our sin. Other translation says he became sin itself, right? To receive the judgment of God. Be offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Wow. What a privilege. What a responsibility. See, there is no plan B. God came through Christ to carry our sins upon himself, to pay the price for our sins, a price we could never pay. To reconcile us back to him. In fact, to reconcile the whole world back to him. And then he gave the angels the task of proclaiming this message to the world. A few of you caught it. <laughs> no. What a privilege. What a responsibility. Come on, tell somebody. 
He chose you. It is our privilege. It is our responsibility to help people be reconciled back to God. See, Jesus was born into the world. He lived. And he died on the cross. And he rose again and returned back to the Father to prepare a place with with God for us, right? Jesus did. He, he paid the full price. He completed the work so that we could be reconciled back. Reconciled means I was separated, but now I'm back close again. I was far, but now I'm near. I was condemned, but now I'm forgiven. I was on my way to hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. I was lost and hopeless and purposeless, but now I'm found and I have a purpose and I have a hope forever. We've been reconciled. See, Jesus came to reconcile us back to God. And now we have been given the task of helping people experience this reconciliation. See, the way it works is that Reconciled people reconcile people. Those of us that have been reconciled back to God can help lead others back to be reconciled to God. In fact, it is God's plan. A hundred percent. We've been given this task. Man, you know, as I read this and was thinking about it, God really has put a lot of stock in us. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, are you sure? Me? Us? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I just want you to hear that with your heart this morning. If you have been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ, God actually believes that you will carry out the task. <laughs> he really does. He made no other plan, no other way. Jesus is the way, but only we point the way. Only those who have found the way can help other people find the way. God has put a lot of stock in us. Come on, whether you feel it or not, just say, God believes in me. <laughs> what a privilege. That being said, here we go again. Ever since we moved here to plant the church in 2014, one of the very first words God spoke to me and to us when we were getting started, I felt the Holy Spirit say, and I heard him say it so Clearly again this week, he said this, there are a lot of Zacchaeuses in this city. There are a lot of Zacchaeuses in this city. What in the world is a Zacchaeus? All right. Well, you're about to find out if you don't know. Has anyone ever read the story of Zacchaeus? If you've been around here for a while, you hear it at least once a year, right? Because this is a word that means a whole lot to us. And I believe it's going to mean a whole lot to all of us today. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 19. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. 
same drill. When I pause, you say it loud. Are we ready? Are you sure, are you sure we're ready? Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, a.k.a. the chief trader, right? People did not like tax collectors. I mean, I don't know if you are friends with the IRS or not, but, you know, (laughs) you have to understand something. If a Jew became a tax collector, he was betraying his own people and collecting taxes for the oppressors, for the government, right? And tax collectors got rich through corruption. They would charge people more taxes than they actually owed, and then they would pocket the money. So tax collectors were hated, (laughs) all right? They were considered traitors. It says, and Zacchaeus had become very rich. And we know how he became rich, right? Through corruption. And he tried to get a look at Jesus. But he was too short to see over the crowd. He was too short to see over the what? Zacchaeus wanted to get a look at Jesus, but there were too many people in the, in the way, in the crowd. There were too many people crowded around Jesus, and he wasn't blessed. I understand. In most crowds, I can't see over it either. <laughs> He couldn't see over the the crowd. Listen, somebody that really wanted to see Jesus. He'd obviously heard about Jesus and heard that Jesus was there. And he wanted to see, but he couldn't see over the, the crowd. So, so, when Jesus came, uh, sorry, it says, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree he couldn't see over the crowd so he climbed a tree right beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way and when Jesus came by he looked up at Zacchaeus and I think almost gave him a heart attack right because it says he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name Jesus knew who he was he said Zacchaeus quick come down I must be a guest in your home today. Imagine. (laughs) I mean, Zacchaeus at least knew some of the implications of this. Zacchaeus wanted to get a look at Jesus because he had heard, maybe this is the Messiah. He wanted to see and find out. And then all of a sudden, this guy who might be the Messiah, who might be the Savior that they've been waiting on for generations, comes over and says, hey, you, Johnny. Zacchaeus, I know you, I know who you are, and I want to come home with you. In fact, I'm hungry, right? Let's go eat. Let's go to your house. I must come home with you. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. Why do you think they were displeased? They knew who Zacchaeus was. He was a sinner, and he was not a friend of the people. (laughs) He's gone home to be the guest of a notorious sinner. 
not just any sinner, right? Not just, you ever met one, you ever met somebody who's not just any sinner? They're like, the sinner? We got any, got any of those in the crowd this morning? We were all sinners, but were any of you known as the sinner? <laughs> A notorious one, right? Somebody raised their hand. All right. <laughs> they were grumbling. It says, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I've cheated anybody, any, if I've cheated people on their taxes, and he had, that's why he said it, <laughs> I'll give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Now let's read this whole next phrase together. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Can we say that again? The Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Wow. I, I love how it is phrased here. It says the Son of Man came to, like that was his purpose. That's why he came. He came to seek and save. Say, seek and save. Seek and save. So this is, this is something that, that's just really been messing with me over the past month or so. Is it okay to get a little messed with this morning? Just poke somebody and say, this is going to mess with you. So I, I, I want you to, Just open your heart and mind, because I really believe Jesus, first of all, he's here. I know he's here, but he's speaking. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to each of you individually, and he wants to speak to us as a family today. According to this scripture and many others some of which I'll mention here in a minute. We ready? If we follow Jesus, if we what, Jesus? When we follow Jesus, we will inevitably find ourselves with the lost. It's inescapable. It's inevitable. If I'm following him, I'm going to end up where he ends up. And what we see here and in so many stories in the Gospels is where he always is going is to where lost things are. Lost people and lost things, right? Lost people, people who are lost and without God and far from God, but people who have lost things, right? Right? Has anybody ever lost anything? Has anybody ever felt lost? See, that's where Jesus is going. He's always looking for lost things to redeem. Jesus is always 
pursuing, looking for, seeking after lost things. He's always, first of all, he's always looking for people who are lost, souls who are lost, people who are far away from God. He's looking for them to bring them back close to God. And if today you're far from God, you are here because he went looking for you and he brought you here to this place today so that you could hear he loves you and he's after you. But Jesus is also, listen, if you've, if you've, if, if you've lost your health, if you've lost your freedom, if you've lost holiness in your life, righteousness, if you've lost your peace, if you've lost your joy, if you've lost your sense of value and love, he doesn't only seek, but when he finds those things that are lost, he redeems them. So rather you feel lost altogether or you feel like you've lost something, Jesus is in the business of, of, of looking for and saving things that have been lost. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's what he came for. I think of not only this story of Zacchaeus, but there was a, uh, he, he told another story of, of a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one of them went astray and got lost. And what did he say? He said that the good shepherd would leave the 99, not abandon them, just they were taken care of, okay, to go out and find that one that had been lost and bring him back. He talks about a lady who had 10 coins, very valuable coins, and somehow she lost one. And then basically... She proceeds to turn her house upside down until she finds it and then throws a big party because she found the coin that was lost. He also, man, think about the story of the time of the woman at the well. Had had five husbands and was living and Basically, in, in adultery. And he went out of his way. Got to read into the story. Read it closely. He went out of his way intentionally to find her at the well. And forgive her. <laughs> the one that makes me want to cry every time I think about it. Jesus crossed over a lake. And went into a cemetery to find this man who was possessed by demons to the point of, of, of craziness. He went and found that man and set him free. Not long ago, we read about the story of the pool of Bethesda. You guys remember the pool of Bethesda where they would bring the sick? Where it, historically speaking, there were most likely around 900 people crowded around that pool. And Jesus went looking for that one man who had no hope, who had no one to help him. Remember what he said? He said, I don't have anyone to help me. And Jesus said, you don't need to pull. I'm here. Right? Jesus 
came for that reason, to look for, to, f- to seek, to find people who were lost and people who had lost valuable things to save. Has he saved anybody here? <laughs> Pastor, I, I'm going to butcher the name because it's in Swedish, but Pastor Joachim Lundqvist. They have a ministry who are reaching multitudes, thousands upon thousands of people in Sweden, and a great number of them are, are uh, refugees from uh, Muslim nations who are escaping persecution, who, are, or who have been uh, put into these like uh, refugee camps, and they bring them to Sweden, right, to uh, try to help them and start a new life. And multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of them are coming to Jesus. This is happening right now, okay? This is what he said. Are you ready? Kind of already said it, but I really like the way he put it. He said this. Jesus' main focus is on that which is lost. That's where he's going. You know, Jesus is going somewhere. That's where he's going. That's where we will end up if we're serious about following him. The thing is, if I'm sincerely following, say following. If I'm sincerely following Jesus, that means I go where he is going, right? And it means I do what he is doing. So if Jesus' main focus is on finding people that are lost or people that have lost things, if that's where he's going and I'm following him, that's where I'm going to end up too. If you're truly following him with your whole heart, you're going to inevitably find yourself with people who are lost, with people who need reconciling like you've been reconciled to him. He is actively, if I'm following him, I'm going to find out a reality. And this is the reality. Jesus is always actively and compassionately looking for people that are lost. Always. That's just where he's going and what he's doing. Now, I know we believe God's doing a lot of things. And again, God is doing a lot of things, right? God is doing more than we could ever imagine. But where his focus is, the very reason Jesus came and the very purpose of us, people that have been redeemed, is to go and redeem those who aren't yet redeemed. That's the task at hand. Some of you may be sitting there going, I am not an evangelist. I am not a preacher. I don't know if this applies to me. If you have been redeemed, you have the power to redeem. Not only that, if you have been redeemed, you've been given the Job description of a redeemer. And if you're following Jesus, you will inevitably find yourself. With life. You know, Jesus, the first thing he told his disciples, I love it. He gave him a job description. You remember when he went out and he was beside the lake and he said, hey, come follow me. They were fishermen, right? Anybody like to fish? Okay. We got a few. My parents are avid fisher people. Okay. (laughs) Question. 
My, da- my mom and dad could tell you. When you go fishing, do you just expect the fish to just jump in the boat? I wish it were that easy, right? No. You actually have to go find where they're biting. Because you can go. I've been out fishing many a time and they ain't biting. But my dad has secret spots where the, he knows most of the time they're biting. But you have to go where they are. You have to go find the fish before you can catch them, right? And Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. The problem is we want to be fishers of men without going fishing. We want to be fishers of men that just cruise around in our nice boat, hoping that some will jump in. But I've never caught a fish that jumped in the boat. You always have to find where they are and cast the line or the net or however you fish, right? We've got to look for them before we can catch them. So I, I just want to... The next few things I'm going to say... This is by no means a rebuke. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. This is by no means a rebuke. But I just feel Jesus himself admonishing us. Like correcting us gently, lovingly, and emphatically. If I'm not participating in this reconciliation of people to God, I'm only partially following Jesus. But I read my Bible every day and I pray and I go to church every time the door is open. Well, good. That's part of it. Very important part of it. Please come to church. Please read the word. Please pray. But to fully follow Jesus means to go where he's going and to do what he's doing. And this is the deal. You don't need to be a preacher to point people to Jesus. You don't. You don't need to be a preacher. Some of you are preachers. Some of you are terrified to think that you would ever have to do this. That's fine. You might have to anyway. But you might not ever have to do this. That's fine. Not everybody's supposed to be a quote-unquote preacher. Though we have quite a few in this church. (laughs) But listen, you don't have to be a preacher to point people to the one who redeemed you. You don't need to be, listen, you don't need to be gifted in ministry. You don't have to have a specific talent or, listen, calling to ministry to help people find reconciliation with God. All we have to do is share what we've been given. 
In fact, there are people you can help reconcile to God that I'll never be able to. Because I don't know them. I'm not in their life. But you are. Listen, each and every one of us has a circle of friends, a sphere of influence. Whether it's your family, your neighborhood, your job, your school, whatever you do in life, every single one of us has people in our life that we can point to Jesus. And you're called. Be encouraged today. Come on, tell somebody, you're called. And then I'll turn to somebody else and say, you're called. This side, turn to that side and say, y'all are called. Y'all tell this side, y'all are called. And those in the middle point both ways and say, y'all are called. As we say here in Georgia, all of y'all, right? All of us. That Be encouraged today. You are called to give what you've been given. Again, I don't mean this as a rebuke, but this next thing I want to ask you to think about should change every one of our lives. Okay, you ready for the question? If heaven and hell are real, come on, let me restart that. If heaven and hell are real, and they are. What is my life worth in the end if not to help people be reconciled to God? I don't mean that to say like nothing that we do is, is everything we do is worthless but that. No, that's, that's not the point. But in the end... <laughs> When all is said and done, because you all know that at some point all of us are said and done, right? <laughs> when we enter into eternity, if heaven and hell is a reality, and it is, by the way, what is my life worth if it's not helping other people get into heaven too? If heaven and hell is real, and, and, and it is, what's, what's our ministry and our church even worth if it's not helping people get into heaven? So the question is today, how can I better focus my life on finding and saving that which is lost? Finding and saving people. So here we get to the title of the message, but now it's not the crowd and the tree. Come on, say the crowd and the tree. But now it's a question. Are we ready? I want you to turn to somebody. 
I know we've been doing this a lot today, but here's the question of questions, all right? Ask them, are you the crowd or are you the tree? I'm getting ready to go quickly with this and bring it to a close. So I w are, are we ready to, to just go for it? Am I living like the crowd or am I living my life like the tree? By the way, does anybody know yet which is better? All right. So, what, what do you mean? Here's the question. Am I in the way or am I making a way? See, the crowd was in Zacchaeus' way. Whether they meant to or not, they certainly weren't making a way for him to see Jesus. I don't necessarily think they were all crowded around Jesus like, no, you can't see. I don't, no, I don't. I, it, it looks more like they were just in the way and didn't take the time of day to say, hey, come on, you can see too. The question is, are we in the way or are we making a way for others? The crowd or the tree? Let's talk a little bit about the crowd. Are you ready? Because we got a crowd here, all right? The crowd wants all of Jesus' attention for myself rather than putting others on Jesus' radar too. Okay, here's a question. Are crowding into a closed circle around Jesus or, or making room, opening our circle, making room for others to see him too? This one might hurt. Crowd. Are we focused totally on what Jesus can give me or do for me? Ooh. Or are we helping other people get something from Jesus too? He wants to give you everything you need. But he wants to use you to help other people get what they need too. I think sometimes we fear if, you know, if I take my eyes off of my attention, my focus off of myself and my needs, I'm going to be kind of left behind. Uh -uh. I found through the years of following Jesus, when I help other people find him and when I help other people get what they need from him, I get what I need to. The problem is we get often so focused on what we need from him that we fail to help other people get something from him too. Are we a glory party? Just, woo, Jesus, the glory, woo, right? Praise him. You are my champion. <laughs> you are my champion. 
He won the victory for everybody else too, not just for us. The question is, do we just throw a, do, do, are we just having a glory party or are we glory spreaders? Are we inviting and bringing other people to the party too? And so Jesus' great commission was go, <laughs> not stay, right? I mean, after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out and all of that awesomeness happened, it would have been easy for the, the believers to just be like, throw an eternal glory party. But instead, they went out and they brought others into the party too. Listen, Encounter Church, we love the presence of God. We love to worship. We love to pray. We love to be together in his presence. But our calling is not just to be a glory party. Our party, our calling is to be glory spreaders. To invite everyone into the party. I don't want to be like the crowd. How about you? I want to be, I want to be like the tree. <laughs> Say, what in the world? I can I be like a tree? What purpose did the tree serve in this story? The tree was just there for Zacchaeus to get up on, to climb up on and get a look at Jesus. And God's called us to be like that tree. Is my life, is my life like a tree that people can climb up on and see Jesus? How? <laughs> you say, how, how can I be like that tree? Ready? Number one, our testimony is the tree. Our testimony is the tree. The way we live our life for Jesus literally allows people to, to get a view of him. Right? The way I live my life for Jesus and the way I share what he's done in my life. That's called my testimony, right? Our testimony literally becomes a tree that Zacchaeus can climb up on and get a look at Jesus. What else? How can we be like the tree? Serving others is the tree. Serving others. When we serve others, right? When we Instead of just serving ourselves, we give our, 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 our life to help and serve other people. Then we allow them to climb up on that tree and get a look at Jesus, right? Are you beginning to see how you can be the Zacchaeus tree? Here's another one. Giving is the tree. Giving is the tree. When I give my time... When I give my talent, when I give my energy, when I give my money and my resources to the gospel, my life is literally becoming that tree that people can get up on and get a look at Jesus. Most importantly, 
the real tree is the cross. The cross is the tree. In fact, the Bible refers to the cross as the tree, right? Cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree, referring prophetically to the cross of Jesus. You have to first climb the tree, which is the cross, in order to see who Jesus really is. Let me say that again. If you want to see who Jesus really is, you first have to climb that tree. You first have to have to come to the cross. You first have to see Jesus hanging, bleeding, dying for your sins. Jesus actually told his, his disciples who'd been with him for a long time. He said, when I'm lifted up, referring to the cross, he said, then you'll know that I am he. The only way to really know Jesus is through the cross. The cross is the tree. We must put our absolute trust See, like Zacchaeus had to trust if he cl climbed that tree, it was going to hold him, right? We have to put our absolute trust in Jesus' sacrifice, what he did on the cross, in order to be forgiven. In order to be found if we're lost. In order to be set free, in order to be saved. I'm going to come right back to that. But finally, proclaiming this message, proclaiming the gospel is the tree. The way we live, the way we serve, the way we give helps people get a good look. But the only way people can be saved, the Bible says, is if they hear. And the only way people hear is if we speak if we tell them proclaiming the message of the cross proclaiming the gospel is the tree and today maybe today maybe you need to uh, climb that tree today that's the cross listen <laughs> the Bible speaks about us in the future and it says and Paul literally says it about himself he says I have been crucified with Christ it's no longer I that live but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, listen, if you've never been saved, 
you've never, if, if, if you're not sure, if you've never, if you've been forgiven of your sins, there's one way to know. And the only way. You've got to come to the cross and put your faith in what Jesus did there. You can't save yourself. You can only be saved by coming to the tree, by coming to the cross, by believing in what he did for you there, believing that he died and was then buried. But then on the third day, he rose up from the grave. And when he rose, you must understand, he defeated sin. He defeated sickness. He defeated the devil himself. He stole the keys of hell from Satan. And he defeated darkness forever. But you've got to come to the tree in order to come into that victory. I want to ask for the next couple of minutes. I want us to just, in reverence for the presence of God, because of what God is doing in hearts, I want to ask, let's, let's keep the, the door closed for the next few minutes. I want to ask if we could refrain from moving around just for a couple of minutes, all right? I'm going to pause and wait till we can settle. I want to ask everyone in the house to stand to your feet, but just, just stand there in the presence of the Lord. Jesus hung and died on the tree so you and I could get a, a look at him and see who he really is. But listen, when you get a good look at him, you've got to do what Zacchaeus did. You've got to take Jesus home with you. It's not enough. Listen, this is so important. This is so important from some people today in the house or listening or watching this. It's not enough just to get a look at Jesus. You've got to bring Jesus home with you. You got to do what Zacchaeus did. He repented. He said, the old life, I leave it behind, Jesus. Everything I used to do, I'm going to leave it behind. I'm going to give what I stole. I'm going to give it back, right? That's called repentance. It's a wonderful gift from God. It's a brand new start. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity that God is extending to us today. He says, here is the gift. Here is the invitation. Here is the opportunity. Leave your past behind. Leave your sins behind. I want to give you a new life. He says it's like being born again. It's starting over. And he wants to give you eternal life. He wants to change your eternal destination from hell to heaven. But you have to bring him home with you. 
You have to more than just hear and see Jesus. You have to make a decision. And the amazing thing is Jesus today, just like Zacchaeus, he's calling you by your name. He's saying, hey, I've got to go home with you today. But like Zacchaeus said, okay, let's go. You have to make the decision for yourself. No one else can make the decision for you. No one else can get saved for you. No one else can get forgiven for you. It's a personal decision each one of us has to make. And I want to ask right now if we could all just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. Because this this is a decision that is personal and private, but then becomes absolutely public. Because you're going to go and tell everybody about it. But it first has to be a decision that you make for yourself. Respond to the invitation of Jesus. Believe in what he did on the cross for you. And accept the invitation to bring him home with you. Some people call it receiving Jesus in your heart. Some people call it getting saved. Some people call it getting born again. Whatever you want to call it. The point is today, take Jesus into your heart and take him home with you. To love him and to follow him the rest of your days. I just want to be straightforward about it. Who is that? I know it's somebody. If it's you, would you just lift one hand and wave at me and say, that's me, okay? Who else says, that's me? I want to give my life to Jesus, okay? Who else says, that's me? I want to give my life. If you raise your hand, thank you. You can put it down. Who else says, that's me? I want to give my life to Jesus. Now listen, I felt so strongly about this this week. There are some here today who have heard this And you know that at some point, yes, you gave your life to Jesus, but you have not been truly following Jesus. Maybe you once followed Jesus closely, but recently, as of now, you've been backslidden. You're far away. And Jesus says, I want you to come close again. I want to come home with you today. If you say, yes, Jesus, I'm coming back. I'm going to rededicate my life to Jesus today. If that's you, would you wave at me? Say, that's me. Who else says that's me? All right. Who else says that's me? Praise the Lord. Who else says that's me? Quite a few say, that's me. Anybody else say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. All right. Now, I want to ask us to do something all together. If you raised your hand, and even if you didn't raise your hand, but you mean it, this is for you. You know this is for you. All together as a family, we're going to pray this prayer. And I want you to pray it, but you've got to mean it from your heart. This is a decision today. Come on, let's pray together. All together. Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, family, let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming to reconcile me back to God. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You're the Christ. You're the Redeemer. You went to the cross. You bled and died to pay the price for my forgiveness and I believe on the third day you rose from the grave you defeated sin Jesus I repent
or that means something different for each of us, make it real with God. Use your own words right now. I repent. Come on, just tell him what it is that you are deciding today to leave behind. I leave my past behind. I turn my back on sin. Come on, let's pray that together today. Jesus, I turn my heart away from sin, from this world. And I turn my heart to you. Jesus, save me. I want to follow you the rest of my days. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today for salvation. Now listen, I don't want us to rush with this. I'm not going to take a super long time on it. just want you to know that in a few minutes... Just bear with me a little bit longer. In a few minutes, I will dismiss you and let you go enjoy the pastries and the coffee truck and take home a pumpkin or two or 14. (laughs) Please take them all. They're free. But we want to lay hands on people today who say, I want to dedicate my life as a messenger of reconciliation. It's going to be very simple, probably brief, because what this is more about a decision and a response to God than somebody praying for you. But what we want to do is everyone and we may we're probably going to need to maybe set the first row of seats aside but hold, hold on just a second all right actually let's go ahead and do it sorry that'll probably make it easier here as we go into this, I'm going to need all of the those on our pastoral team who are available and Felicia, who is one of our pastors here now, an evangelist out in the nations. We're, we're just going to come by and those who come, we're just simply going to come around and we're going to lay our hands on you because laying hands on you is like a commission This is what it's for, okay? The Holy Spirit said and is saying, there are many Zacchaeuses in this city. And if your heart says, okay, in this city or wherever you live, (laughs) remember, you don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to be a missionary. You don't need to be talented or gifted. All you need is to say, I want to help reconcile other people back to God. You say, that's me. I want to say yes. I want to dedicate my life 
to helping find and save Zacchaeus's. I want to dedicate my life to the harvest, to helping other people find Jesus. I want you to just begin to come. If you say, that's me, you can just step up here closer to the front. Say, I want to give my life. I want to give my time. I want to give my energy. Some of us need to respond to the Lord and say, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm making a decision today. I'm making a move today to not be the crowd, but to be the tree. Come on, as, as, as people are coming, listen, whether you're here in the altar or in your seat, just begin, maybe you want to lift your hands to the Lord and just begin to respond to Jesus. Listen, the, the praying for you, the laying hands on you is secondary. <laughs> the primary thing is your decision, your yes. Come on, I'm going to pray this prayer, but pray it in your own words because you've got to mean it. Jesus, I dedicate my life. I dedicate my life to being a messenger of reconciliation. I dedicate my life, Jesus to being a tree that people can climb up on so that they can get a look at you. I dedicate my life, my testimony, my serving, my giving. I dedicate my life to share, to claim, to announce the message of the gospel. I dedicate my life to giving what I've been given. I dedicate my life to helping other people be reconciled. Jesus, use me. Use me on, uh, at, my, at my job, at my workplace. Use me at school. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me in the marketplace. Use me, Jesus. I surrender who I am and what I have, Jesus. Jesus, come on, I want you to just think about it and tell him in your own words. Just like someone helped me. Come on, just think about it and respond to him. Just like someone helped me. I give my life to help others find you, Jesus. Just like someone helped me see you, Jesus. Use me to help others see you, Jesus. Just like someone led me to you, Jesus, use me to lead others. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.